You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is September 2nd, 2022, opposite day, because tonight's SmackDown was pre-recorded and Rampage was live, but here we are now, coming to you live on the Wrestling Inc. podcast, unless, of course, you're watching it later, in which case it was pre-recorded, like SmackDown. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, drawn by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Demon Diva Issa, the three of us, together once again. The three best friends that, the three best friends that anybody could have. My dog is and crazy. Fourth. Ro- you didn't include Roman in the four best friends. He He's still upset. We were ready to celebrate Roman Reigns' title ring, and we didn't get that, so. Yes. Oh, Drew McIntyre, <laughs> you lovable scamp. You might uh, be sounding the alarms because Roman Reigns is about to drop that strap tomorrow, I think is what's going on. Shut up, Alfred. You don't know what you're talking about. Go back to Applebee's. When they, <laughs> sometimes when they start talking too much about how long somebody has been champion, it makes me think they're not going to be champion that much longer. Yeah, it's just it seems to be breaking in Drew McIntyre's favor. We started talking about this on <laughs> Tuesday. I know Issa has taken exception to this. She did vow that if and to her when Roman Reigns retains that title, she will say, I told you so in a British accent. But it just feels like Drew's time now. The two-year mark. No, it doesn't, Alfred. He hasn't, really does. he hasn't done anything significant this year. If Roman Reigns is going to lose after I don't even know how long, he needs to go to somebody that has actually been built to it. This is There's nothing going into this build other than he's at home. That's it. He got eliminated at the Royal Rumble by Brock Lesnar. He got like in a feud with what? Rich Holland, Matt Cat Moss, and then Baron Corbin. Then he wasn't on a pay-per-view. Then he got beat up by the bloodline. How is that a proper build to ending such a historic title reign? He's not it. This is a tale of two WWEs, though, and I completely agree that as a whole, his year has been bad, but he's like one of those NBA playing teams where maybe they don't have the best record, but they just get hot at the right time, and in the last month, they make a run into the playoffs. That's what Drew McIntyre is. Basically, the Grizzlies is Drew McIntyre, but if Go they home, had Alfred, a shot at the World drunk. Championships. Go home, Alfred. You're drunk. I think Drew McIntyre is being built over this past month very well by Triple H. I feel like Drew Triple Ma- H is the type of guy who thinks that maybe we could shake things up and get a headline by beating Roman Reigns. And it just feels like they want that moment in front of this record crowd in London that Drew McIntyre is a champion. If Drew McIntyre comes out to Broken Dreams, to Dylan Point, <laughs> in the chat, it is exactly the perfect song for him to lose because that's all this is, Broken Dreams. He's not beating Roman Reigns. Not happening. There could be a lot of outside interference. I guess Tyson um, is going to be there with Tyson uh, Fury. Tyson is gonna Fury, be Tyson Kidd, the, Mike Tyson. And he's been kind of going back and forth. Mike Tyson as well on Hulu have been going back and forth with Drew McIntyre. So maybe they're going to pay that off 
at Clash of the Castle. Maybe Karrion Cross will do something. You got Kevin. I think there's going to be a spot where all the ops come in the ring and they all have some kind of big dive that Roman Reigns jumps on all of them before dropping that strap, of course. Wow. He's, he's not losing. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I will I just say wait. this. I can't I'm wait intrigued. to gloat about it. <laughs> I'm intrigued. This is good. They're doing well with this build to the point that it just doesn't feel like it's going to be a Roman Reigns steamroll. I can actually see, personally, uh, Roman Reigns possibly losing, and that's all you need for a match to be intriguing and buy these false finishes they're going to do. You're going you're gonna to compare it to the tag titles. WWE doesn't care about the tag team division. We all know that. Don't compare this to that. Please. Come on. Let's move on. Christopher Sticky Leather. I don't know that it's pronounced that way, but I just think that sounds better. Christopher Sticky Leather says they did the same thing when New Day broke Demolition's record. New Day lost to Sheamus and Sorrow after they yeah. broke the record. Don't yeah, the tag team division. They don't care. They don't care about the tag team division. Please give me an actual real comparison. Come <laughs> uh, get okay. that shit out of here. I'm ready. I'll fight anyone. Anyone? I'll find anyone. I'll find Ariel Hawani, who's over there like, it oh, true, doesn't we, we riot. Then get ready to riot. I hope he you brought your that? riot gear, buddy. Yeah, he did. Stupid. Really? Stupid. Oh, he's just trying to cater to those fans over there in the, in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Now I'm beefing with him and he don't even know it. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, okay. So we got a lot to talk about tonight. There are things. There's stuff to discuss. Uh... But first, what's going on in the news? Well, it's been a very busy week because we had a couple of big interviews from key figures. Triple H interviewed with Issa's best friend, Ariel Helwani of BT Sports, while Tony Khan did an interview, which was basically the media call answering and fielding a bunch of questions. So we'll get to both of these, starting with Triple H. Said a lot of interesting things to Ariel Helwani, addressed the Sasha Banks and Naomi drama. Did seem to confirm that he has spoken with Braun Strowman, and he said, we'll see in terms of Braun Strowman coming back. He also had a shot at AEW, which we'll get to in just a bit. But what do you guys think about the possibility of Braun Strowman coming back? They're saying on Raw. Are you excited about that, Isa? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I, I did like heel Strowman when he was the monster among men, and he was destroying things. That Strowman, I like. That, that whole shoe-shoe train BS, I don't need that. So bring back... Uh, you know, destroying everything. Braun Strowman, maybe I can get behind him. I mean, they don't have a monster. They have completely taken Omas off TV. So this this could work, this could work for him, but it needs it needs to be done the right way. And I do I do have faith in Triple H booking all of these returns the proper way. So we'll see what he does. I'd rather see Braun come back with Bray, you know, like because why not? But what if he comes back and his entrance music is "Come on, ride the train" by the Quad City DJs? I wouldn't have a problem with that, to be honest. That would be some good money spent on these copyrighted music. And Nicholas is his hype man. Nicholas has got to be like, no. yeah, he can work. He can work a part-time schedule. <laughs> you know, he's his mouthpiece. Probably has a full-grown beard by now. He's probably probably looks more like Braun Strowman now. Yeah. Uh, Val Buck ninety nine saying maybe the Usos' other brother helps Roman. Possibly. Maybe there's been rumors of Solo Sokoa possibly joining the bloodline which is so basic but i mean hopefully he goes on there and they eventually have something for him other than bloodline but it would make sense especially now for him to join the bloodline it's if weird if he's on the main roster though look okay here's the deal like you can't have like uh, a festival concert mm -hmm. uh you know and you've got like the osmond brothers playing 
But then, like, little Jimmy Osmond's doing, like, a separate set. He's like, why is he not playing with his brothers? This is really distracting. <laughs> this is really weird. You know? Just just putting it out there. It's exactly what it's like. Exactly what it's like. I'm Kevin here for R- Braun Strowman, though. I, I will say, I think it'll be interesting to have him back. It does feel like something a little bit might be missing with him. And he just belongs in w- – he's a WWE animal. I just don't care about anything else But he's busy controlling narrative. You know? I know, and I couldn't care less. But if he was back in WWE, I'd be like, okay, let's see what they got for Braun. Ooh, what if it's part of negotiation? He's like, you got to bring in control your narrative and we're going to be a faction. Oh my God, please. See, then I would care about control your narrative. <laughs> Going head to head with Blaze TV. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that would be good, but that would be amazing on yeah. so many levels. That's the real, if they do a Tuesday Night War, I'm here for it. And and he's got uh, and he's got a train theme, but then it ends in a train wreck <laughs> in the theme. Uh, Kelvin R. Alexander, five dollars. He's going to fight a Cardiff to personally interfere in that match to help Roman. Hell yeah, I've been working on my teleporting skills. I believe it. Um, I've always thought Braun was the number one, makes the most sense to bring back guy. And you know what? He was Roman's best feud when he and Roman and the ambulance and all that. That's the best feud Roman has had, I think. Uh, no, that's the best feud Braun has had. Okay, because Roman made it. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Bray Wyatt would also be good. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that. I will be disappointed if he doesn't show up. I don't want to sound entitled. I don't think they owe me Bray Wyatt, but, you know, the streets are buzzing about Bray Wyatt. I'm not saying Uh-oh. that it's 100% Uh-oh. or anything Uh-oh. like the that. Streets. But there are a lot of people excited about the possibility of it. So I'm excited about it too. And if it doesn't happen, okay, you know, they didn't promise him or advertise him. But that's another thing that was brought up in this Triple H interview, which we'll get back to, is Triple H did talk about Bray Wyatt saying how creative he is and how he's like a whirlwind of creativity. So that was very interesting. He also might have had a Freudian slip when he said, you know, we love working together. And then he had to change himself and do passive. We loved working together or something of that nature. So keep your eye out for that. Triple H also did say, and this is the big thing coming out of this interview, in referring to AEW, completely denying that there was any type of competitive war with AEW. They're just doing their own thing. And they said about AEW winning the Wednesday Night War, you beat our developmental system. Good for them. Glenn, is that all it was? Do you believe Triple H when he says that? You know, I wasn't really worried about AEW. I think it's perspective. I tweeted this, but here's the deal. When it was his baby, he never booked it like it was developmental. He booked it like a third brand. I think that it was for a period of time. I would say Survivor Series, where NXT was heavily repped, that was the peak. And then due to the pandemic and putting the title on Charlotte, like it went off a cliff very quickly. Um, I think that for the better part of that run, it was back to feeling more like Junior League. And part of the reason why, actually, is because NXT had so much success that the main roster was really the continuation of three golden eras of NXT. So I think Triple H, now that he has all the marbles, he has all the toys, for him now, NXT should be his lowest priority. It makes the least money. It gets the less rating. It is important to develop new talent, but I think he's much more focused on the main roster, as he should be. Those dividends are paying off. And I think for him, this is perspective that maybe, you know, Vince gave it a shot, but Vince never saw it as more than developmental. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 shit talker in me loved the burn. The the <laughs> NXT fan in me felt a little bit offended because I attended full sold out arenas. That wasn't that wasn't a developmental yeah. brand. That was something, and it was something special. Don't don't dismiss it just to get Absolutely. Tony Khan a burn. 
Okay, you guys and I both know Triple H didn't believe a word he said. There is a version of Triple H, which is another thing he got from Vince, that he is in front of the cameras, and then the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And you cannot convince me that in the Vince McMahon era, Vince McMahon, the most competitive person who ever lived, moved the show to Wednesday nights two weeks before NXT or before AEW, and then Mm. went head-to-head. That was a strategic move to go head-to-head in a competitive fashion with AEW. Everybody knows that, including Triple H, who knows that more than any. And I wish Ariel would have kind of pushed back a lot more and said what yeah. I think everybody was thinking in terms of Triple H being getting away, being able to get away with saying that this wasn't a competition. I mean, there were a lot of things that suggested it was. And they took an L, but here comes Triple H. You know, it is a marathon, and Triple H might prove that as they go head-to-head really as soon as October. And it would have been better if he actually would have used more accurate language. It would have been a sicker burn if he would have said, congratulations, you beat our lowest-rated show. Yeah, I mean, that would be a little six feet deep, but... I get it. He does not believe it was a developmental system. We had Adam Cole there. Finn Balor was there. You know, Karrion Cross, who was a veteran, was there. The Undisputed Era. That roster was loaded. It was not a developmental roster. And there's I mean, just always you can pick apart what okay, you're Okay, but let me, let me say this, though. I think a little bit of uh, sort of uh, a little spurned, a little bit hurt, and a little bit disappointed. I think he was really throwing under the bus is Undisputed Era because he built the show around them they're there who primarily lost that ratings war and now they're in AEW. Yeah, then you could say Finn Balor, who was world champion for a majority of that head-to-head war. But again, this is just PR Triple H. This is just yeah. what he can say so that they, as the industry leaders, look like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, come on. They yeah, they, the, the Whopper beat the McRib. Who cares? We didn't send the Big Mac after the Whopper. It was just a McRib. <laughs> so he's just no-selling it, as you do in the business. And Although it's funny I think Chris, it sits with him. Yeah. It's funny that Chris Jericho was like, oh, Triple H changing his tune. It's like, dude, this is professional wrestling. How many yeah. allies do you have now that you used to bury when they were your opponents? How much did you kiss Vince McMahon's ass when he was uh, signing your checks versus yeah. what you say about WWE now? Like, this is a carny business, man. There's no permanent friends or enemies in business. Yeah, Absolutely. And yeah, Triple what H clap back. Tony Khan clap back. This is hilarious. Okay, so Tony Khan did this media call. I mean, he had all kinds of very colorful statements that obviously Twitter exploded over. And one thing was talking about his relationship potentially with WWE. There's always that <laughs> prevailing question of a forbidden door between AEW and WWE. And after Triple H took over, Tony Khan said, quote, I was pretty optimistic when they first made that change. Talking about Vince McMahon retiring or resigning. And then he said, but I'm less optimistic now, given how they've treated me. This is the same Tony Khan that used his backstage staff meeting to talk about how his lawyers were going to be emailing people in WWE and what he expects them to send them flowers. Like, bro, pick your side. Do you want to be friends with them or not? Because that made no sense to me. That statement made, of course, they're going to treat you like crap. You're trying to sue them. Tony Snowflake. That, that might stick. <laughs> I mean, but I, come on. It's just like, don't, this is, and I hate when anybody does this. I hate when they do it in politics. I hate anything. It's like, don't talk all aggressive, then pull this other people are mean to me thing. It's like, dude, you're either a shit talker and it goes both ways, but if you can dish it out and you can't take it, you have no business being in the public eye. Hey, there was a man 
who did this better than anybody I've ever seen. And he ended up becoming president uh, not too long ago. And uh, that's just what this rings of is you're in the wrestling business in the middle of a wrestling war where you know tensions are going to be high and they're going to go back and forth. I just want to know what Tony Khan specifically means about how they've treated him because there's an anti-AEW bot situation that we haven't gotten an update on. There's the counter-programming. What is he talking about? I'm stopping myself because I could go on no, quite a tirade here. Uh, no, I mean, but it's kind of the same thing too, though. It is a little bit of that playbook of like, oh, we did an investigation in this. You won't believe what we found. He likes to throw shade without backing it. I mean, I just have no patience for this. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's not worried about his roster and the people that are unhappy requesting releases, et cetera, et cetera, not renewing contracts. Like he needs to figure out what he needs to focus on. Yeah, let's get right into that. In fact, Malachi Black, there's rumors our own Raj Geary has been saying that Malachi Black has reportedly requested his release. There's a possibility he might get it. We haven't gotten any real updates as in terms of if he's released from AEW. But what do you think about that, Issa? I I mean, obviously, there's a lot of factors in play. I do remember Malachi Black debuting, and he felt like such a big deal. His presentation was absolutely incredible. Uh, then you put him in a faction, which to me, that's just step one to just becoming part of just somebody else in the AEW roster because everybody in AEW is in a faction, you know? And now, you know, they're not doing much with House of Black. They just throw them in this weird made-up match that makes no sense. I'm sorry, Miro teaming up with Sting and Darby Allen makes absolutely no sense. This was something just to get them on the card. Nobody can convince me otherwise. So if I'm Malachi Black and I'm bringing all of this creative with me and I'm thinking of all these ways to make my character stand out from everybody else in AEW and that's how they treat me, I will probably be unhappy as well. And this is one of the reasons why when people have asked my opinion on Bray Wyatt going to AEW, I said no, they won't know what to do with him because those kind of characters, they just don't know how to book. And they've had like eight of them, this dark faction thing. Um, yeah. Everybody's moody, emo, and goth in AEW. Yeah, like much- it's every other character. Didn't even work once in WWE with the Judgment Day, and they're still trying to make it work a bunch of times with AEW. And I just do think that Malachi Black is one of those people who have politics aside, former WWE guys aside, just in terms of how AEW booked this guy the first month he was in the company, I just feel like it's one of the biggest cases of them dropping the ball of the character. Yeah, They had it there, man. He was right there as a main eventer. And this is kind of the Cody effect where Cody just works with somebody and elevates them. And now that he's gone, that's a big chip off their board. But I just think that this time when he debuted, I thought this guy's got to be world champion and he's fallen so far. No, it's, it's the TNA playbook. I mean, it's the impact playbook. It's like with a lot of these former WWE guys, it's like they bring him in really hot and then just lost in the shuffle. Uh, Kelvin Alexander, $5. I'm still trying to figure out how WWE mistreated poor little Tony. I want to see what he said. Yes, but uh, per that backstage meeting, I mean, you know, the great House of Pain once said the time has come for everyone to clean up their own backyard before they go knocking on their neighbor's door. And uh, I think that AEW is going through some pains right now. You know, look, on the latest episode of Game Boys to Men, the podcast I do with Jeff Gersman on his Patreon, we were talking about the rise of Sega. And Sega stole Nintendo's thunder. They worked the press like magic. They had some great games. They couldn't keep it going, man. You know, after like two years, they're releasing crappy games. They don't know how to market things anymore. Too much too soon. You know, you can get to the top of the mountain, but staying there is a whole other game. And I think to an extent, Triple H has got to figure that a bit now too. Like he's riding high on momentum because what do wrestling fans love more than anything else? Something new. 
whether it's yes. new storylines, new wrestlers, new gimmicks, new promotions, holding on to that, that's the challenge. Ironically enough, the only thing they love more than something new is nostalgia because that works too with wrestling fans. It's but... a weird, right? It's, it's a weird opposite. Because everything thing. old is new again. Yeah. You wait long enough. Yeah, but to, uh, to Glenn's point, bringing you keep bringing all of these toys and then you forget about your old ones, and that is a problem. Even yeah. I was super happy to see Morrissey on Wednesday Night Dynamite. It made no sense. Why are you bringing him in? Like right now, saving for after All Out, it's weird. You keep bringing people in, and that's less people, less TV time for the people that you do have sitting in the back waiting to shine. Um, so I want to address this because, Dylan, I saw you tweet it. So you, or I saw you uh, uh, mention I saw you super chat it here. So I'm trying to find this. I see I see like one person online that's saying this, and it's not, yeah, I'm not a verified very much account. Online. We can't just yeah, say that I don't, we're I don't think on this. this is not real. This is the not real. The views expressed by Dylan Matthews are his yeah. own. Uh, unless you see it on the front page of ESPN.com, which it would be. Um, don't believe the hype. Hey, that'd be nice if it happened. Yeah. It would be nice. $50 million to get smashed by Roman Reigns. Where do I sign up? <laughs> you pay. Uh, get paid, yeah. <laughs> I'll pay the $50 million shit. <laughs> can, can, can you put that on layaway? Get some financing? Something. Klarna shit for payments. <laughs> <laughs> Take out a line of credit. <laughs> well, that's all for the Wrestling Inc. podcast because it's all downhill from here, folks. Let's go. Uh, what else is in the news? Uh, finally, quick story WWE's Twitter account tweeted out the word wrestling. It uh, <laughs> had people going crazy. It's got over 76,000 likes. Oh, you in the company name, man. In the company name. They felt the need to get it out of their system. They said the W word, Glenn. Does that fire you up? Uh, it, it's a new day. Yes, it is. I don't know. I, re I responded with a picture of Michael Cole being shockingly surprised, and he got like 700 likes. So oh, that's you? Oh, that is you. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a bunch of likes. <laughs> All right, that's hilarious. I didn't, even I didn't even connect the dots. I just saw that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I will say one thing. I popped when I saw it. I was like, wait, what? Like, it, it, I had to do a double take of, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, They've got a lot of wrestling, you know, but. Yep. Yep. Okay, so tonight, SmackDown was taped last week. Rampage was live. I got thoughts of how this affected each show. Uh, what am I drinking tonight? Dream Realm Studios. I'm drinking this thing called uh, Bye. Uh, B A I. Oh yeah, buy is very good. Yeah, for ten calories, this is dope. This tastes like a nice coconut. It's very like kind of almost creamy, but not like coconut water or milk. It's kind of a nice, light, refreshing drink. Alfred, what are you drinking? Uh, a little bit of that Gatorade Zero. Wow. Ooh. Delicious. Well, I'm drinking alcohol. Hey, what kind? <laughs> it's a passion fruit. It's called Pasoa. It's a passion fruit liquor mixed with orange and cranberry juice. Mm. Oh wow. Fancy. You know? Sounds like a brunch drink. To get brunch drunk. It sounds like a tropical drink. Because I'm yeah, in Puerto Rico. Well. <laughs> I had so many lava flows and pina coladas when I was in Puerto Rico. You know the pina colada was invented in Puerto Rico? I, 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 that, I that was mentioned that. to me. That was mentioned to me every time. 
Every yeah, time you I probably should. If you were in Old San Juan, you should have actually gone to the place. It's in it's in Old San Juan. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. We did the walk from Fort to Fort, and yeah. I have never wanted to die as much from the humidity during Aww. that walk. Oh. That's yeah. how Miami was last week when I was there two weeks ago. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So enough about the weather. Let's talk about SmackDown, which opened tonight with a match that I have to admit on paper. I was like, yeah, this is going to be lame. Actually, one of the best matches I've seen in quite some time, which was the New Day versus the Viking Raiders tonight. Now, this should tell you how hot this match was. Apparently, this was the last match of the taping. They moved it around. That wow. crowd had been sitting there through two SmackDowns and then watched this match. Um, this could have been a pay-per-view match easily. This was so good. But Alfred, do you first, what'd you think about this? I loved it. I had no idea it was the last match of the evening. I thought this was great. I just thought that visual of the Viking Raiders at the beginning, standing on that dragon boat, the long boat, just made them look like stars. I like how they didn't really take it themselves too seriously in calling this match, but they were over the top. And I liked everything about it. The presentation, it almost felt like a pandemic era match, like one of those cinematic matches, but in a live arena, because they're just using all these different... Uh, Viking weapons, and they really committed to it. I liked the visual of the boat on the side of the ring. So this was good. I liked it. Yeah, me too. When it first started, I was like, oh, God, do I want to see these two teams go at it again? And by the end of it, I was all in. Love the presentation, trying something different. I would always respect that. And it worked for this for this particular match. It really worked. There was a couple of spots there that you knew a big spot was coming, and it had you on the edge of your seat. You can't ask for more than that. I, I thought it was a very, very fun match, and I hope Xavier is okay after taking that freaking double yeah. table spot. <laughs> That looked wicked. I, I love yes, that it look. did. You know what else did? The unicorn sledgehammer. <laughs> Kofi, no. was it? I don't know if it was Eric. I think it was Eric. Murked him. It kind of broke when he hit him in the head with it. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It was awesome. It was a great match. This was super hot. I mean, like, this yeah. exceeded all my expectations. The feud still has been kind of boring. I mean, except for lighting the bootios on fire. But uh, oh yeah, but but we had a unicorn horn return. Xavier Woods yes. came out wearing a unicorn horn, and I and I love when we were all wearing big giant horns on our foreheads for no reason whatsoever. So it was fun to see a comeback. Light the bootios on fire sounds like a radio edit to Buster Rhymes. <laughs> light that ass on fire. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. Okay, uh, just touch the booty. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so, no, great match. This just proves the point. We're in the best era ever for in-ring action. Uh, even the theatrics of this were great. I just wish the story had built a little bit smoother. Me too. Um, it, it's like they spent everything doing this, because I don't think the build has been good to this at all. It's been pretty flat. No. no but the, I like the funeral this match was the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Viking Raiders won. And you know what? I don't disagree with that. But, man, they got to do something. They looked awesome during that funeral. They look great when they're presented well and they compete well in the ring. But I swear to God, most weeks, like whatever they think they're doing that's cool, it ain't it ain't cool, guys. Yeah. They they yeah. they they had to win. You know how ridiculous it would have looked that they went all out with all that presentation and then they lost. So I will say I was like, the, the Viking Raiders have to win here. Look at all the effort they're putting into sticking to the gimmick. I know Clash of the Castle is already a loaded card, but I just feel like this would have been as good as it yeah. was. They only These have people... six, six matches on the card compared well, to should... All Out. All Out has like 25. 
then they should have done this at Clash of the Castle because those people yeah. have gone crazy for this match. Oh, wait, yeah. this was in Detroit, though, tonight. That's why they popped for this. They thought they were Juggalos. Why hasn't ICP been called back to WWE or to AEW? AEW is the only wrestling promotion of the last 30 years, I guess, uh, AEW and NWA. Like those are the only wrestling promotions the last 30 years ICP has not wrestled in. Wow. I know. They should. I mean, they would bring, I think they do a TV rating. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, they're good. They're 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 Big better following. than they have any right to be. Very they're underrated, following. large following. Yes. Absolutely. I own like five of the Joker's cards records. I've seen them okay. in concert multiple times. Uh Brian Barry, Buck 99. Does Bray return tomorrow? Fingers crossed he does. I hope so. It'll be great. Brian, I'm happily married, but should I ever uh, not be, and I need to put myself there on a dating app, I'm recreating your profile pic. I'm going to lay in bed, shirtless, and take a photo of myself, and I'm going to put that out there on on the apps, see how many swipes I get. Brian gets lots of swipes. And it's suggestive, too, because you could tell he's in bed, so you start thinking, Brian, bed, Brian, bed, Brian, bed. It's subliminal. Yep. Sounds like you're swiping right on him. I, I could be. I very well could be. It's a great picture, Brian Barry. <laughs> Absolutely is. Uh, so, does Bray return tomorrow? That was the question. I hope so. I, do you, I think they save it for Raw, maybe. Really? No, I think he's doing it. If you he do does, everything tomorrow. tomorrow. You go all out at the, at the especially you since you're gonna Sasha? have since Sasha you're gonna have Naomi? Drew Mac. Yes, you're gonna have Drew McIntyre lose, so the cross gonna be a little <laughs> sad. So just give him all the surprises as possible. I mean, this is on during the day, though. So with surprise, I don't know. For us. Well, for yeah, us, for us. us. It's at night. For us. Trust me, this is being treated like a second WrestleMania this year. They want it's gonna this to feel be very like special. It. They want it to be kind of like SummerSlam 92. We're still talking about it. There's that great yeah. legendary match. But they want like five of those moments on this show. So we've got yeah. maybe Sasha and Naomi returning. Drew McIntyre possibly winning. Who knows? And, you know, Bray Wyatt coming back. No. Maybe Braun coming and, back. And the match of the night, which will be Gunther versus Sheamus. Yes. Big, meaty men slapping, slapping meat. meat. Say it, Glenn. Big, meaty men <laughs> slapping meat. There it is. Yes. Okay, hold on. Let me try this. Big, meaty men slapping meat. Oh, yeah. I'm making, I'm making that go. my text alert. Big, meaty men slapping meat. Oh. I'm going to clip that and make it my text alert. We've yes. got a drop. Yeah. <laughs> I got room for four drops on this new controller. Yeah. So. Gonna be good times, and then I, I got to get software for this, but I got I got the sixty four pads. I just oh, I got one of those too. Man. I just gotta set it up. Yeah, you guys gotta teach me how to use one of those. Ah, uh, see, Brian Barry Buck ninety nine. It's all in the smile. It's the key. Now, Ooh. Brian, if you were holding a cat or perhaps had a small dog next next to your head, I think that would even sell it. Further. Oh my god, the dog! <laughs> it's a dog that you'll get swiped on every time. Um. <laughs> What did you think, Issa, of the buildup in this promo backstage between Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan? I loved it. I loved it. I unfortunately feel for the way they have booked Liv Morgan as a champion because seeing her tell Shayna, I'm going to rip your arm off, made me laugh. I was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, and it's not her fault. It's because they have made her look like such a weak champ that I'm hoping we either get a fully dominant Shayna wins and we get an XT Shayna again 
or B, the beginning of Liv Morgan feeling like she's a legitimate champion on SmackDown because she has never felt that. And, and it hit me today when she's trying to cut her promo and I'm laughing at her words when I'm going, you're, you're getting your ass kicked, bro. So we'll see what happens here. But I just love seeing this side of Shayna Baszler again. I feel like we haven't seen this Shayna since her debut on the main roster and that crazy Elimination Chamber match that she had after that. Everything went downhill for her. And I'm a big Shayna Baszler fan, so I'm excited for this. Yeah, they're doing a slow build toward Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan in a rematch, which is kind of funny because they're really building up Ronda Rousey as even more of a babyface than Liv Morgan. She's kind of being booked like Stone Cold Steve Austin with Adam Pierce being a Vince right. McMahon Right, so role. she goes against Shayna. She's going to run into a buzzsaw because I think Liv Morgan is going to beat Shayna. It's going to be a good win for her. Maybe they'll even let Shayna tap out, but they're going to put her Damn. over Shayna Strong. But going into Ronda Rousey, those people are going to choose Ronda. Just looking at how her reactions are compared to Liv, them booing her that one week was a one-week thing. They're still kind of behind her. But I think she's going to run into another buzzsaw, and they might have to turn her in a feud with Ronda Rousey down the line. I hope you didn't put money because your predictions are horrible, up front. No, I think Liv Morgan. You think Shannon Bates is going to beat Liv Morgan? I, I, based on the way they're building Ronda Rousey, unless you're trying to get the crowd to completely turn on Liv. No, I think mm. Liv Morgan. If you wins. get if you get a really evil Shayna Baszler destroying Liv Morgan, the way that they're building Ronda Rousey as such a huge baby face right now, I, I'm sorry, maybe it's because I'm an OG fan, but I would love to see a feud between Shayna and Ronda. I would rather see Shayna and uh, Ronda too, absolutely. But I just, but you I just you, think they're you, building this so that so that Liv Morgan wins. The crowd I, started. I with this, this the crowd started turning on Ronda on Liv because of Ronda. And the way that they're building Ronda right now, if you have Liv win, it's just going to be, what are you going to do, turn Liv? Maybe, maybe that could be what makes her a legitimate champ. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. A heel Liv Morgan, we'll see how that goes. But she's got to get rid of the glitter tears if that's the case, because I'm not going to take you seriously as a heel. She's got to double the glitter tears if she's a heel. She's got to always <laughs> be crying about everything. No, it needs to be like that <laughs> non-waterproof mascara, and it's just like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, legit he Wrestling saying, uh, they should have showed the video of her training with Matt Riddle. Then her taking Shayna's off would have been more Shayna's arm off uh would have been more believable. Yeah, yeah the training video was good. Yep, agreed. Yeah, it was really good. It's good that they're pointing that out. And I think that's something that they would need to show on TV so that the casual average viewer who didn't go out of the way to because this just came on my preview. It's not like I was going out looking for this. So if they had this on their TV, then the person watching the storyline would be like, oh wow, that makes sense that she's able to do that. There's gonna be a lot of people right. watching this match, like, oh, all of a sudden Liv Morgan knows I how know. to do this. Well, honestly, that's that should have been the angle they were playing this. This should have been like a Rocky or Creed-like montage of like, okay, this is going to be the fight of I my have, life. I have high hopes that that video was taken for the video package played before the match. Okay. We all know WWE does an excellent job of putting together video packages before the matches. I'm hoping that's when we see it. Yeah, we should see that she's been doing hardcore training for right. this. Because yeah. um, it'll make it believable. So, Karrion Cross versus Drew Gulak. Who'd you have money on? Yeah, who'd you have uh, money on for this, Alfred? First time I've ever seen him, full head of hair, I had Karrion Cross. Yeah, yeah, the bold one was his brother. It wasn't him. No, I don't even know who you're talking about. Right, right. I Did, did you miss the suspenders and the mask? I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> nice squash match. I'm going to say something. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and forget about everything Karrion Cross did on Monday Night Raw at this point. I'm going to I'm gonna pretend that a man in black flashed a little light and I'm okay with this. I love seeing the entrance and the full presentation again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
They did a good. good job with this. With Scarlet adds something to it because a lot of Karrion Cross, with all due respect, is going to be the presentation. It's not necessarily going to be in ring or having these great matches or anything of that. Not even his promos. It's going to be the presentation of the mystique. They need to capture that as best they can. But just to just to add, I feel like there's a little bit of a difference here, and it's like in NXT, I did feel like. Uh, Scarlett was the center of attention where mm-hmm. here she does feel like an add-on bonus and it's the yes. focus is on him. So they did change that a little bit to where they were in NXT. I thought it was all about Scarlett. She doesn't feel like she's running the show anymore. She just feels like an add-on bonus and I like that. Yeah. Um. So here we go. Spicy topic. Uh, Shradeep yeah. saying, what are your thoughts on Tony Khan's comments for CM Punk and Thunder Rosa? So disrespectful of Thunder Rosa with this comment. But what, were the com- what was the comment exactly, Alfred? The comment was, we didn't have time to get to this in the news, but I'm glad we're talking about it here, yeah. is that Tony Khan was asked about Thunder Rosa, why she dropped her title or announced her injury in a backstage segment. And Tony Khan uh, saying that you know CM Punk got to do it in the ring. And he said that it was because CM Punk in an eight-minute promo would draw more viewers than Thunder Rosa in an eight-minute promo. Uh, I'll get you guys' reaction. You first, Lisa. You want to know why that's it's because they're putting focus in the women's division or on Thunder Rosa as a women's champion. So of course she's not going to draw a rating when you don't even care about your women's division. So it was it was it was a shitty comment to make, and he could have worded that different. I understand where he was coming from. That could have been worded and handled a lot differently than the way that it was. Well, and look at look at what they've done in building talents. Okay, so you have names that came in, but look at Hook as an example, or some of the other homegrown talents AW has. Like you've got TV time, you've got three hours a week on TV, you've got unlimited time on YouTube being the elite. Like if you can't make your women's division mean something, that's on you. That's not yeah. on a lack of interest in women's wrestling. Yeah, what Tony Khan said is absolutely one hundred percent right. There's nothing yeah. that is. I'm non-factual about what he said about CM Punk being able to draw more than Thunder Rosa or really anybody. CM Punk isn't necessarily a fair comparison to make his point, but he's right. On average, a man in AEW will draw much more than the women, but that is on how he's booking the women and presenting them. And you cannot tell me in 2022 that women cannot be every bit of the star that men are. I mean, you're seeing Ronda Rousey in UFC was an inspiration for WWE to have their own women's division. And now they have women who could headline events and keep a quarter hour Becky Lynch being one of their big draws so this is on Tony Khan he's even created women stars and Jade Cargill and Britt Baker he just doesn't do a lot of it and in terms of a division they've really failed you see this a lot in corporate America you definitely see this a lot in Hollywood it's like somebody decides something isn't it wasn't their idea or isn't something they're passionate about and they push it in such a way that when it fails they get validated to say like see told you it wouldn't work because they essentially kneecapped it yeah, and then he went on on a separate interview to say that he knew about CM Punk's injury days before, which gave him time to prepare the segment to work with Thunder Rosa. He found out the day off as they had already put together a little bit of the show. He could have at least even answered it that way at the media call. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do. At this point, I feel like that was a damage control response because he knew what he did. Hey, Alfred, you getting invites to those media calls with TK? No, oh, of course. Yeah, I did get an invite to this one, but I was busy. I had other things going. They didn't answer my question, and I even sent it as a writing. I was very sad. Really? What, what was your question? Let's let's get this out of the universe. Can we get this question to Tony Khan? Can we blow this question up? Yeah, yeah. My question was in regards to Warlow and the TNT title and how he, in past media calls, he had mentioned that you know this was going to be booked as a secondary world title, and now we don't see it on pay-per-view. So my question was, when are we going to see the TNT title being defended on pay-per-view, or is it just a TV title now? 
you know, mm-hmm. simple. It's a great question. I love okay. that question. Ask Nobody asked it. Nobody asked it. He don't answer any questions about NJF. We don't know her. Okay, we don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So back to SmackDown, Dylan saying Gulak needs to join Alpha Academy. Uh, I mean, I think Gulak... Gulak should... Wait, you didn't say uh, thank you. Oh, uh, thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Uh, Gulak should... I I still like the idea of him being the consultant that he just goes to everyone, has the PowerPoint presentation, and makes this thing like, I'm going to make you better. Like, he should be coaching future champions. On TV. Yeah, I would love Gulak and Chad Gable. Might be too much of a good thing, but a stable between Gulak, Gable, and Otis, I think could be a lot of fun. But at this point, I think Drew Gulak is just their enhancement guy. Tonight, Ronda Rousey faced her <laughs> final judgment. Stone wow. cold Ronda Rousey. So she is cleared. Locked uh, Pearson and Armbar. Are they are they having a match? Is that what this is all building to? I hope so. It seems like it. It really does seem like they're building toward Ronda versus Pierce. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. They should do that at Clash of the Castle. I love Ronda Rousey here. I love how much more confident she has gotten. Compared to what we were getting a couple of weeks ago when she first returned in her field with Charlotte, this Ronda Rousey is... I feel like she's hit a different level when it comes to being comfortable on the mic. Maybe this is a storyline that fits her more, but I thought she looked confident out there. I love the promo. I loved her attitude, the little jokes and jabs. Uh, I think Adam Pierce is one of the least believable authority figures we've ever seen in WWE, you know? And him out there crying about how he never gets thank yous. Like, it's your job. You're doing your job. You got a paycheck, don't you? That's your thank you. Like, show, bro. I'm glad. I'm glad she kicked his ass, honestly. I think he's the reason she's gotten better, though. I think this yeah. is how they've solved Ronda Rousey, because sometimes we'll have her out there just speaking uh, alone with nothing to work with, and it's not very good, and it seems very rehearsed. But I feel like she's let her guard down more mm-hmm. now that she has somebody to just play off of. And I agree that Adam Pierce character is kind of coming out of nowhere, like 0 to 60. They just need somebody to portray that heel. But she's doing a good job in that role of having to play off of Adam Pierce. I think that's the key to Ronda Rousey promos. You give her something that you can constantly play off of. Yeah. I She's concur. just improved tremendously, in my opinion, at least yeah. in, in her presentation in the ring and her promos. She is on an upswing, that's for sure. Uh, Hit Row took on Maximum Male Models tonight. Matching Capris. This, this was a really good match for Hit Row. Like, this was a very better than the squash match they had for their debut, I thought. It was fine. I, I really did pop for the maximum male model spot where they did the runway on yeah. Ashanti's Me back. too. That was kind of creative. But yeah, know, they, I don't know. Both of these factions seem like they're in a holding pattern a little bit. I need to see a little bit more out of these. And I just think maximum male models was onto something early, but they just let the lightning out of the bottle. Yeah, agreed. I had nothing to add to that. One of them is going to have to be next to take on the Viking Raiders just by, and the other one is going to probably take on the New Day. Oh, yeah. The Viking Raiders taking on maximum male models. That's just, <laughs> you know what? I kind of want to see it, honestly. You don't want to see a Viking rules match? I do. I want to see. I want to see Mansois and Massey walking the runway in the in the boat, like yeah. put the boat into a runway. <laughs> Extra long, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what like a plane. We'll do it. And then uh, Los Lotharios came out and beat down. Why? Adamos, uh, uh, Adonis, and then uh, Adamos, what? Adonis, uh, and then the Street Profits came in to make the save. They don't know what to do with the Street Profits right now, and it's sad. 
Yes. It's like uh, four different acts merged into two. That just like <laughs> merging all these acts together, yeah. like absorbing them. Uh, so Happy Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I think we're getting poor Baron Corbin again. Well, I don't know. I don't know because he got kind of saved there at the end, but when he was walking around acting a little depressed, I saw a glimpse of hope. Yeah, we uh, might get Richard Baron Corbin because he's going to link up with JBL, and that's exactly what he needs. Hopefully they just get rid of Happy Corbin. But Baron Corbin and JBL, even though he doesn't need a talker, that could be a lot of fun. It could. Agreed. Shinsuke looked great. Shinsuke looked great, which I was happy about because he had a great match against Gunter. He lost, so it was it was good to see him. That Kinshasa. Jesus. Yeah. Like happy birthday, home. Christopher, in the chat, who's officially his birthday at midnight. Hey, everybody. Absolutely. Sticky leather. Sticky leather. Sticky leather. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've had to deal with people my entire life making fun of my last name, Chris. So uh, I'm not giving you a hard time. It's just funner to read that way. So Ludwig Kaiser had a match tonight. Issa, who was Ludwig's opponent? Butch. 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 <laughs> no <laughs> no you say it you say it butch butch oh that's there we go clean but, yeah but 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 yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> do it do it so many times that they change his name the next time we see him <laughs> butch uh so this was good i did not realize butch's hair had gotten this long same <laughs> Yeah, which gun looked good tonight? He's back in his traditional gear. Yes. Do you guys think they change his name? I will be heartbroken. Ooh, do you think when they change his name that he'll cut a promo backstage? Like maybe the brawling roots break up. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Um, and then maybe after uh, Caleb Braxton's like, what do you think of the loss? And he says, Butch is done. Get it? <laughs> I like, I actually like it. That's actually very high level writing. Yeah, it is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> This was a good match. Can we get, uh, we don't know how much longer we have Butch. Can we get more Butch drops, please? Yes, please. <laughs> butch, 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 but, but, yeah. Butch, 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 Butch. Oh, I was dancing and everything. That's fire. Butch. Oh, when this whole pad gets going, we're going to have Bree mode on command. We're going to have like everything <laughs> like ready to go. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, really like this Gunther and Sheamus faced off ahead of their match. Good build for that. So let's talk about, we did, we didn't bring this up, but I thought we'd roll it in, uh, all the time we got tonight with Sami Zayn, America's sweetheart and the Usos backstage preparing for the Roman Reigns celebration. Black roses were sent by Carrie and cross. Um, love it. Sammy and going to be the MC of this. Like, uh, even though the Usos are a little split on him, he had photos blown up. But wouldn't you know it, Drew McIntyre attacked Roman, ruined the entire celebration in the main event. What do you think of all this, Issa? Oh, Issa's not celebrating. Oh, this. okay. Uh, Alfred? I thought this is fine. I thought this is a good end to what I do think has been a good build in terms of building up Drew McIntyre as a viable challenger for Roman Reigns, which is exactly what needs to happen, regardless of if he ends up winning or not, which I think he will. I like that they finally build somebody to where you're at least thinking, whether it's the venue, whether it's how they've built him up to be a force against Roman Reigns, whatever it is, you're at least, or at least I'm at least thinking to myself, man, Drew might be able to beat Roman Reigns. So it's going to enhance the match for me personally. Yeah. 
Isa, how are you coping? I, I thought it was very disrespectful. I feel like <laughs> Drew McIntyre was jealous because there's nothing to celebrate him for, you know? So why would you have a celebrate? What are we going to celebrate? That, what, two years of Drew McIntyre carrying a stupid sword to the ring? I mean, that's the only celebration we should be able to have for him. So obviously, the jealousy got the best of him, seeing what a real champion looks like and what he aspires Damn. to be, but he'll never get to be. Obviously, got the best of him here. But Sammy saying and the Usos introducing Roman Reigns was probably my favorite yes. thing about this segment, the highlight. <laughs> Sammy writing down like slang words that the Usos say and using them later on. It was just absolutely priceless. Bet 100. And then Jimmy's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, we all know you don't talk this way, bro. <laughs> um, you know, I, I get I get your point, Alfred. But first of all, we've been watching wrestling long enough to know whoever's not stand, whoever's standing tall at the end before the pay-per-view usually doesn't get the win, number one. Number two, he comes out there and he brags about destroying the bloodline. Yeah, Brock did that just at SummerSlam. He even destroyed Paul Heyman. And guess what? Roman still won. I think Drew McIntyre honestly needs to come up with a plan with some kind of backup. You know, and, and that's just my opinion. And that might be what happens. Now, if Tyson Roman Fury? loses here, yeah, if, if Roman loses here, I just don't see it being clean. Whatever happens mm -hmm. here, I feel like there's going to be some kind of backup. There's going to be some interference, either either on Roman's favor or on Drew McIntyre's favor. Otherwise, it's going to be a clean win by Roman. But it's just destroying the bloodline. I feel like all of Roman's opponents throughout the last two years have done that. Edge did it. Brian Daniel. The, Daniel Bryan, whatever his name was back then, did it. Kevin Owens, they all have done it, and he still doesn't get them anywhere. So I feel like your strategy needs to change, and that's just real talk. Yeah, I do like the fact that they are, um, you know, whether it's destroying the, the bloodline or well, the greatest thing about this is that both of these guys have ops outside of themselves. So if they do do a finish where it's not clean, which I, I'm not that much of an advocate for, but if they do, it'll be – it's tied to the storyline to where if Kevin Owens comes in and screws Roman Reigns, Karen Cross, they tease, could exactly. come in and do that. Uh, now, Tyson Fury can do that to Drew McIntyre. So there is something Now you're talking, right? Because I feel like if we would have built this storyline, and again, because Drew hasn't had the most interesting fields this year, build a storyline with Drew just like getting a bunch of people to rally up behind him. We just heard, and yeah. Kevin Owens is kind of like a lone wolf, right? No pun intended there. But Kevin <laughs> Owens mentioned he got screwed into, like, with his title match, and he hasn't forgotten. He's like, why don't you get all the people that are tired of not seeing a champion? People that have gotten screwed over by the bloodline. Like, Riddle. I get they have matches earlier on, but it would be more interesting if, if we're seeing Drew McIntyre just rally up people to end this reign of terror. You know, it, it just I just Drew McIntyre on his own I just don't feel like he's being built as the person to end this reign. Well, but we'll see what happens. And the fact that he wrecked the whole set tonight, beat everybody up and was standing tall at the end has me think he ain't winning tomorrow. That's yep. just normally yeah, how it that goes. That is the formula. But, oh, uh, uh, we'll I forgot to mention. I did like that. a line that Sami uh. Zayn did say. I don't know if he was intentionally trying to be funny, but he said something along the lines of, it's a two-year reign. It's unprecedented. It hasn't happened in decades, which which is the opposite of what unprecedented means. So if he was trying to do that to come off as like a dumb guy, that's hilarious. <laughs> Yeet. Yeet. <laughs> oh, man. I'm Running that in the ground. Uh, no, but I forgot to mention Ludwig van Kaiser versus Butch. The winner was? Butch. <laughs> Butch. 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 Congratulations. Yes. Never going to get old. No, never no. gonna get old. That's butch, what I'm saying. Butch, if they, while I want, while I want them to change the name, I will be heartbroken. This has been. It's, it's our safe word here, yeah. wrestling. Inc., you know. 
That's exactly what it means. <laughs> when Issa, if Roman Reigns wins and Issa starts going on a tirade tomorrow, you cue that up <laughs> to, get her, to get her to come down off the ledge. <laughs> I think I think you'll need it if he loses. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, just have that queued up regardless. Ah, big meaty men slapping slapping meat. meat. That that that's what this main event is gonna be. Like we have so much meat going into clash. My body's ready. (laughs) (laughs) That means they did a good job building this up. Yes, they did. (laughs) Uh, so let's uh let's talk about rampage. Rampage live tonight. Starting off hot with a trios tournament semifinals match. Hangman Adam Page in the Dark Order versus Orange Cassidy and the best friends. And there was a spot during this with Orange Cassidy riding, like getting a piggyback ride from Adam Page. And uh, I could just hear Cornette crying and swearing. Oh, yeah. He'll be all over this one. Yes. I did like it, though. I was entertained by this. I love what they're doing with this storyline. I think it's simple. It's perfect. Took a little long to get here to the point where the Undisputed Era is gone now. They can't do that. But at least Bobby Fish is. But I do like what they're doing with Hangman Adam Page. And I'm intrigued to see how this shakes out in terms of the Dark Owner versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega in the Elite. And I could see either team winning. I could see Kenny Omega because they're really doing that storyline that he's not 100%. He's not quite ready to come back. So maybe he runs out of gas and loses here. Or maybe they win. (laughs) Shit, even if he was 100% after that match on Wednesday, he might not yeah. be anymore. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Um, Yeah, I'm very curious here. I personally thought um, before they added Hangman to the equation that the Elite was winning this. They were going to become the first trios champ, even if they lose mm-hmm. it fast. Now, with Hangman and the story, with all of them going into it, it makes it very, very interesting. And it puts the Dark Order in, in a really good spot. However, it felt predictable. As soon as they added Hangman to the Dark Order, I was like, okay, I know the finals so you know it, it, while, while the matches themselves to get us there you know Wednesday night's main event was incredible and I thought this match was fun I still knew that what we were going to get a little out was going to be the elite against the dark order with Hangman Page but good wrestling and I'm never going to complain about that yeah yeah hot opening to the show yep very, very much so they, they, they usually these go home these are the best rampages is when they do the go home to a pay-per-view and the crowd's nice hot they haven't been there all night it's live it seems like a bigger show yeah yeah absolutely uh so tomorrow's not gonna be a fast national saturday it doesn't feel like so those of you who are in love with me just uh kind of putting those out there and going to the beach I, I might just stay at the beach and not have to do much we'll see john jordan 499 firing shots yeah. 499 because Alfred's hey, that dude. That's hey. it. Oh, and Tony Khan is Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> but y'all already know. Did you ever tweet that? That was the thing. It's like how Tony Khan sees himself and it's Bruce Wayne and then like <laughs> Tony Khan in reality and it's Francis. <laughs> no, but there was a great Francis reference, Francis Buxton reference on Raw by Corey Graves comparing Otis to him, which I never saw it, but now I definitely see it. Yeah. Um, Blake Christian versus Ray Phoenix in a very short match with Ray Phoenix getting the win. Yeah, why? Why did why was this match there? Didn't need to be with all the stuff they got going on. In fact, right. at the beginning of the show, 
This is why JR cannot leave the announcement. He's the voice of the fan. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Show, Excalibur is just running. This poor Excalibur has just got all this stuff to promote. It's like a 13 match show. But on Rampage alone, he's promoting, we got to build this. We got to do this. We got to get starts. We got Will House. We got to. And then JR just cuts him off and goes, What is this, an eight hour show? <laughs> He's not ready for all out. The poor JR is so not ready for all out because that show is going to go on and on and yeah. on. That <laughs> oh, was the greatest thing ever. It was. I popped so hard for that. I was like, did he just really say that? JR, he's no, like the voice of the no fan. Filter. He's just the voice no of the filter, fan. JR. No filter, JR. You love I to love see it. it. People complain about it, but I absolutely love this version. He's not peak JR, but this is a great version of JR. Uh, we had a hook backstage with Lexi Nair, Angelo Parker, and Matt Menard entered. Did a face off. Great. This is another why. This is I love Hook, and I actually love 2.0 or you know Matt Menard and Daddy Magic or whatnot. But I really do think that this shouldn't have been on the card. They could have done this on TV. They could have done this on. Rampage. I love that in the motion graphic, Angelo Parker. And I knew it was going to happen. I was like, he's going to comb his hair. And he took out a switchblade comb, which if you would have said, if I was eight years old and watched this, I'd be like, oh, he's cool. He's got one of those switchblade. I thought the switchblade comb was the coolest thing ever when I was eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> like your parents wouldn't let you have one because it was too close to a switchblade knife. You could hurt yourself. <laughs> Michael Jackson helped that with the Beat It music video too. Yeah. yeah. Switchblade comb. So you know he's cool. Cooler than yeah. Hook. Hook doesn't <laughs> comb his hair. No. That's what makes him cool, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's cool because he doesn't care. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. No, it all makes sense. Um. So, Ruby Soho and Ortiz versus Semi Guevara and Tay Mello with Ruby and Ortiz getting a win. Yeah, and then we're going to see it again, so why do it on Rampage? I know. I thought Ruby looked good in this, but that's my only takeaway. Yeah, yeah, she looked great, and it's good to see her on TV. I mean, she I remember her reception last year at All Out, and just to see that she they haven't done anything with her. But they're going to do this match at the pay-per-view, so why did we do it tonight? Like, It's going to be the third time that we see it in a matter of weeks now. So it felt it should have been some kind of backstage segment or a brawl to lead to yeah. the actual you know, match. Maybe they'll cut but, the match. Yeah, but the, Ruby did oh. look good here. She did. The, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Don Callis backstage giving props to Hangman Page for turning his back on the Bucks. But the real promo. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and like they had to have known that this is so iconic to their 40 something fanboys. But the fact that <laughs> Jade Cargill saying to Athena, like, we might as well call you 37 because you're going to be my 37th win. And it's just all I thought in my head was in a row. Like, I mean, they've even had Kevin Smith on. They couldn't have got him in for that segment yeah. for the clerk's reference. You know, <laughs> That's amazing. I think this is great. They should have done this in front of a crowd, but yes. even doing it backstage with Mark Henry, I think worked really well, but this is yeah. awesome. This is really good in terms of two women fighting. This felt like I was overhearing a conversation at the barbershop. And Athena yeah. ain't winning this. No, no, <laughs> that's on them. That's on them. They've had months to promote this and mm-hmm. make Athena go on a killing streak. Be, and the, they the, just the, recently started. 
the issue is that the problems that Athena have been cutting throughout this whole feud because she has been feuding with Jade since Double or Nothing. This match actually has a story going on behind it, but her promos just, I just don't like them. I don't appreciate them. And it's, this is not even because I, I enjoy Jade, but it's just like picking on her because she just started. It's like you started yeah. at some point too back in your career. Maybe you weren't that good. Maybe you're you're coming off as salty because this woman came up and she's successful and she's doing the damn thing within a year or two of being here. And I just, I just don't like the whole using, like, you just got here. We've been working for this for a year. It doesn't matter. She's good. She's a star. She has an it factor. Just admit to it and just yeah. make it about ending the streak. Because they haven't made it about ending the streak, that's exactly what gives me the feeling that the streak is not going anywhere. Like, you guys were talking about how they've been mentioning for so long how long Roman has been champ. I feel when the streak is going to come to an end, the feud is going to be surround around that streak. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, then we had the acclaimed and Swerve in Our Glory having a face-off backstage. Ahead yes. of the match. Good. I, I kind of came out of nowhere that acclaimed is number one contender, but I do think they're that they're going to win this match. I think because they're putting in the homegrown. There's another way that we split. They're putting in the homegrown reference, and that's like a central part. And I'm just thinking during this time where there's all this unrest in the locker room and there's all this politics about WWE guys versus day one AEW guys, I think it's a message to the locker room if the acclaimed wins. I think the crowd would be behind it in Chicago. They're going to love to see that. Uh, and I could see the acclaimed as a day one AEW tag team winning these as like one for the locker room. Yeah. Um, then we how about had, how black this pay per view is, though? AEW cookout is gonna be fun I was on Sunday. Thinking during that, and I was just like, and then Billy Gunn, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, like, you had to be thinking where it was just like, what seems a little different in this? <laughs> Went from booties to ass. Uh, I think it'll be good, though. It'll be good. Yep. Um, man, ass boys are really buried though. Like when they're when their own dad's leaving them, you know. I think they're getting with Stokely. I think I think Stokely, whatever he's got planned, is going to be an upper mid, or at least it's going to start as a pretty big deal. So Morrissey, we've got the ass boys. I think are going to be associated. Lee Moriarty gave his card to, and maybe MJF is going to be the leader of this. Hmm. The Just titanium fantasy. mine, the platinum mine. Yeah. He deactivated his social media. They're, they're putting some thought behind whatever it is he's doing. Okay. Okay. Uh, what did you think of FTR and Wardlow in this promo and getting confronted by Chris Sabin, Alex Shelley, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt ahead of the match with Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns? Uh, Alfred, favorite, what did you think of this? My favorite part of this promo by FTR is how he started, where he goes, <laughs> I don't know if this is how he meant it, but he goes, you know, I know I'm preaching to the crier here, but... There was a time where I felt worthless, <laughs> which is kind of an insult to the Chicago. That's pretty crowd. good. That's pretty good. But it's like, what are you preaching to the choir to if you're talking about being worthless? That's Chicago cool. is worthless. Chicago. I know the Chicago Bears are worthless. I'll give them that, but you know, I hey, Super Bowl Shuffle has brought bought them 37 <laughs> years of goodwill in my book. It's two different tales. You have CM Punk going into the crowd, having babies 
babies lifted up to him, and then the the FTRs out here like you guys are worthless. <laughs> <laughs> I I I they can build this match all they want, but I hate that this match is even happening. I, mm-hmm. I still can't get over the fact that Warlow's momentum was hurt by all the MJF drama happening at Double or Nothing, and ever since you haven't done anything to establish him as a single stars, he should have had a feel for this title. He should have been defending this title on the pay per view, and I feel like FTR have been number one contenders in the rankings for months now. These three men should not be on a six-man match. That means nothing. That at some point you even realize nobody care about it. So you have yeah. to change who they were going to face to get people to care about it a little bit. I should not feel like I don't care about a match when you're talking about FTR and Warlow. And Warlow has been involved in so many factions since the beginning that I just want to see him stand on his own and shine on his own. And here's how much people don't care about this feud, Issa. People so don't care about it that it became a talking point from Dax where he said, I know all these dirt sheets and all these journalists are saying they don't care about this match, which I absolutely hated. This has been a theme on my channel at Pro Wrestling Bits recently on YouTube that they keep delving into the inside politics, all these articles that a lot of people, and I write some of these articles, but the vast majority of their TV audience is not read this, is not aware that this is not treated like a big deal. In the AEW universe, you do not address the fact that there are people saying how much they don't like this match. Then the person watching this who does not read these articles will be like, oh, really? People don't think this is a big deal? Well, then screw it. Why should I think this is a big deal? It's like when you read, actually, okay, here's the one exception. If I read that a show is like the lowest rated show on all of television, I'd be like, I kind of want to watch that show now because I'm curious. (laughs) But what if they went on that TV show? What if on the Big Bang Theory, they went, you know, listen, I know that our ratings are in the dump right now, but you know what I mean? Uh, they did. There was a sitcom on the WB called Off Center with John Cho and Eddie K. Thomas, and they would legitimately like make yeah. fun of the fact that nobody watched their show. I was gonna say, then how long did they stay on the air? Yeah, it got renewed, and they made fun of the fact that they got renewed, even though better shows with more viewers got canceled. It's funny that you bring that up, Alfred, because I also noticed recently the people that are mentioning the YouTubers and the, the journalists and this and that, the people taking shots of people like us are the actual wrestlers. <laughs> like, it's not even the fans anymore. It's the actual wrestlers that are coming at us. And it's just like, all right, well, we know who's watching us. <laughs> yeah. And then, thank you. Listen, you want to pull tweet me? You want to retweet me? Tony Khan's taking shots at me before. I'm all for it. This is great. It's great for my brand. It brings in new eyeballs and stuff. But it's like, this is not going to help your product as a whole in terms of telling the story that these are all big titans. It's a promotion. You got to get carny. We all know that this is rushed together at the last minute. That should not be part of the narrative of this feud. It's also, um, it's a different era where nowadays, like if you're talking about like no one's watching you like, or nobody cares, like that really means nobody cares. Like I was just thinking about it. I was looking up today um, because all of New York undercovers on Peacock uh in high def and i was watching a bunch I of new york undercover about it. oh my god <laughs> like it's in the dick wolf universe it's kind of it feels kind of like 21 jump street-esque even though they're adults but like that should got canceled due to low ratings like five million people were still watching that a week but nowadays like if nobody gives a shit like nobody gives a shit <laughs> literally like there's so much content out there that yeah. there's some people there's literally nobody gives a shit yeah like if you're doing lower ratings than a wrestling podcast is like <laughs> you got you got nothing man uh which is tough um but yeah uh and that's why i thought it was curious so we talk about things that like i get they're trying to build interest with the sort of like what was me angle um what do you think about them ending tonight with QT Marshall and Ricky Starks? Like, I think the confrontation between Danielson and Jericho was really good at the end, but I thought mm-hmm. like this was a really hot rampage being live, but I thought Marshall versus Starks, like 
the fans were into it, but is this like the marquee match that you want to end your national night of wrestling for your go home before your big pay-per-view? It has a story. I like the story yeah. between Hobbs and, and Starks right now. Mm. And I like seeing Starks having the main event. I see your point. I can see both ends here, but I didn't mind seeing Starks be the main event of Rampage tonight because I do think that that story... Uh, I feel like Starks and Hobbs and Jungle... Well, Jungle Man now, because apparently he's a man after <laughs> Wednesday. Jungle Man and Christian are two of the matches going into all out that actually have a real story yeah. that's been building for a while here so i do think it was it was warranted to put him in the main event spot i mean i think it's, it's because it was qt marshall mm. yeah, and it's one of those things that this is how you build stars it is kind of weird to see given how big of a match moxley and punk is and how they've got all these matches you would consider maybe on a bigger scale than this it's good for them to have a main event spot for ricky starts at this point because that's how you mm-hmm. build them up as a star so hopefully he does win that match, or if they if Powerhouse Hobbs wins, they've got plans for him. But this is how you build a star, and I think Ricky Starks is ready. I mean, what he's got these great promos. I could see either way. I see Ricky Starks winning this, but I do see this feud continuing. So if he wins, I could see him getting attacked after. But I do yeah. think it's Ricky Starks' time, and I hope he wins this. And if they want to continue the feud, they have him get attacked. But I'd love to see Ricky win this, and then long-term challenge Wardlow. Right. I'm very intrigued by this because I do think it could go either way. I'm never going to root against the nephew, so I really hope Ricky Starks walks away with the win at All Out, but I'm very invested in this field. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, All Out this weekend. Worlds yeah, 30, 38 matches in the car, I think. It's yes. great. Worlds Collide <laughs> this weekend. Issa, is your body ready for All Out? No. <laughs> It'll be good. I'm sure it'll be good. They do it's have- gonna it's gonna be good. It's just I just I I I I, I guess again playing devil's advocate, you don't have as many pay-per-views, so you want to put as many people on the card as possible, but it just feels so unnecessarily long and so many freaking matches that and half of them I don't care about. So I mean, we'll see. <laughs> so here's my prediction. There's no one left to do a surprise debut. There's no recently released talent, there's no big signing, I don't think. <laughs> Unless they you, try and steal the thunder of like you think a that's gonna play. Do you think that's going to hurt All Out? Because All Out closed last year with Adam Cole and Daniel freaking Bryan. Honestly, uh, this is why I think MJF could come back after yeah. that main event for the yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he's coming back as the Joker. I think he's going to win that casino no, battle royale. No, 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 no. That's going to be Adam Cole. for the end. That's going to be Adam Cole. Is he ready? Is he cleared? I believe that's what the aren't you a journalist? That's what they're saying. If the streets are saying he's cleared, I I, I mean, I heard he's not 100% ready. I can see him coming back, that'd be good. But I don't want to, you can't want MGF more than they want CM Punk because they're in Chicago and they're chanting for MGF a lot. Yeah, but you can't bring MJF back after the way that he went off TV, cursing the boss out and doing this and doing that. Just like walk through the curtains and be the Joker and just be in a regular match. That yeah. is just not the right way for that I see MJF coming back. At the end, during the main event somewhat, I would like that. Yeah. So I don't see him as the Joker. You see, I don't care. I miss him. He's my favorite in AEW. So I don't care how he comes back as long yeah. as he comes back. But I don't see him being the Joker. 
I agree that would be weird if he just came back to do regular matches, but I really do think that this thing got so away from them. I think that's part of the reason he's been off TV for a while and they really didn't follow up. It just got so much away from them into being a work. Is it a shoot? That I think if he comes back, there's a chance they just ignore what happened. Maybe he'll have a cute line for it in his next promo, but he'll just go back to being MJF until no. 2024, of course. No, the camera goes backstage and he just comes through and Tony Khan gets up from Gorilla and goes, what are you doing here? And he just pushes him out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> comes right out there. Oh, it could be so good. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think that's their big surprise card. So we'll see what happens this weekend. Of course, tune into Wrestling Inc. for coverage of everything. Now there's going to be all-out coverage and there's going to be Clash at the Castle. I believe Worlds Collide is going to get a short recap during All Out. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited the... for I'm excited for Worlds Collide. I think Melo and, and Ricochet are going to steal okay. the show. Worlds yeah, are I colliding. Think whatever the best match of the weekend, I don't think it's coming from All Out. I think it'll be either from Worlds really? Collide or from Clash at the Castle. Send that man a charcuterie board. Oh, uh, yeah. Big meaty man slapping meat. Thick salamis. The thickest of salamis. So, Big Alfred cutting meat. <laughs> Alfred, you watched the first episode of the rehearsal. Woo! Have you continued beyond that? Oh, that's what I plan to do after this podcast. It's all I've been thinking about, really. But uh, I saw it with Cal, and they were doing the thing with the trivia. It was just a gripping episode. That I, I, lo I love it. I think it's an amazing premise for a show. You kind of figure out what they're doing as it goes along in the first couple of minutes. But them rehearsing everything that could happen and hiring an actress to play this woman who he had to confront, who he was clearly terrified of. And I just thought it was really good. And I can't wait to see what they do next. I'm on the baby episode. The woman's simulating yes, having a baby. Only gets crazier from there. It's great. Yes. Uh, Issa, did you watch the orphan prequel yet on Paramount plus? No. So good. No. Best film I know. I know. I know. I just, I don't have time, but yes. <laughs> But <laughs> on that note, everybody, get some rest. I'm going to go uh, play the PlayStation 2 remake of Fantasy Star 1 from the Sega Master System. Wow. Working on my role playing game. Uh, yeah. What kind of role playing are you doing? Hey. Yeah. The kind where I'm in space and I have to, like, you know, cast spells and. Same. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's very, very misleading. Man. It's funny as a kid. Could you imagine, like, a kid, someone in the 80s, like, so I'm really into role playing, is be like, so, like, uh, you switch or Domus? And they're like, what, switch? What? Nintendo hasn't come out with the switch yet. You could do a good who's on first with, uh, with role playing. And then the terminology, yes. Butch. <laughs> On that note, everybody, have a good one. Happy pay-per-view weekend. Butch. <laughs> and we will catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Follow Issa, NYC, Demon Diva. That's Diva with the one. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein, Alfred Zett. This is Nasty. I made a deep fake, a Karate Kid 3 deep fake of Karrion Cross and Triple H. <laughs> Check that out. It's on my Twitter. Butch. And have a good one, everybody. Take care. Here we go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.